Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. So we are so thankful to be planted here in this church. As a family, we are incredibly blessed to be here. Do you ever look at your life and go, God, how did we end up here? You can look back over the last few years, and we even look back at our own life and and say, a few years ago, it was just Candace and I, and we've moved location, changed jobs, there's a couple of kids there, and, and it's like, God, you are so incredible in the way that you just knit all these things together to have people in the place where you want them. And... Just prior to us moving, I was working a couple of days as a school counsellor and a few days a week in IT and cabling. And that was pretty cool. That was something that I enjoyed doing. And so you do the school thing, you do the IT and cabling full-time through the holidays. All worked really well. And so there's this common thing with IT problems. I've got a problem with something. Have you turned it off and back on again? And I got really good at reciting. Have you turned it off and back on again? And you could spend hours looking for a solution to a problem to realise, uh, I forgot to turn it off and back on again. The title of the message this morning is Push the Reset Button. And with some complex problems that we ended up working on as a company, you'd have to take the piece of equipment back to its manufacturer default or back to its reset form. And that was a real pain because when you go back there, it needs programming again and there are so many things that just sort of disappear when you hit that magic button. But for some things, it's the only solution. I saw Stuart with the offering bucket this morning. I was thinking of him as the notes were going around in my head and think, this is probably right up your... Ali Stewart, you probably dread when you have to take something back to a, a factory reset and you're thinking, what angry phone call is going to come after this when something doesn't quite happen like it should after this? And so you're in the equipment room and you hit the hard reset button and you walk out and you, you don't know whether you're going to be embraced like a superhero or you don't know if you're going to be a bit like a villain. And so you, you walk out really sheepishly and, and hopefully it all gets sorted and it's all good on the end in the end. But the Bible's full of people that have these hard reset encounters. And we even think of some of the people that we've heard messages from over the past 12 months and, and or about probably didn't hear from Jonah. He passed away a little while ago. But we look at, look, look at Jonah, we look at Moses, we look at all the disciples, the woman at the well. There's so many people that they have these radical encounters with God or Jesus and it's this hard reset that, that flips everything on its head, but it, it brings them back to this new default. And that's what I want to talk about today, finding our default. What is our default? And sometimes for us, we need to push that button. We need to push the reset button. I, I love the life of David. I look at everything that, that he endured and he went through and and we're so privileged to have recordings of, of what he wrote about in his life and to have a bit, of, a bit of insight there. But he had times of being 
super patient and times of being pretty hasty. He had times of showing great self-control, but times when he didn't show any restraint at all. He had royal promotions, seeming demotions. There were times when he was going really well and things were all lining up. He could see that. There were times when it looked like it was all falling apart. He had new friends, friends that came for a bit and went, old friends that disappeared off the scene. And I look at David and what he went through, and I think there's something in David that we can all connect with. I think there is a part of David that, that we can all relate to, and David was so good at this concept of hitting the reset button. He was so good of coming back saying, God, this isn't working out. I need need to hit reset. And he would just come back time and time and time again. We're about to read from Psalm 18, 1 to 6. I just feel like this for somebody this morning is something that you need to claim again. I feel like God wants to highlight this as a truth that perhaps it's, you know roughly that it's probably right, But God wants you to be so certain. And I just feel that he's going to show you right now something that you've been searching for for a while. And it it may be simple. Greatest foundations are not usually that complex. Psalm 18, 1 to 6. I love you, Lord. You give me strength. The Lord is my rock and my place of safety. He he is the God who saves me. My God is my rock. I go to him for safety. He is like a shield to me. He's the power that saves me. He's my place of safety. I called out to the Lord. He is worthy of praise. He saved me from my enemies. The ropes of death were almost wrapped around me. A destroying flood swept over me. The ropes of the grave were tight around me. Death set its trap in front of me. When I was in trouble, I called out to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry for help reached his ears. And I just want to say to you this morning that your cry for help has reached his ears, that he has heard you, that he hears us. I find this a fascinating subject. I find this a a fascinating truth that God hears us. I look at what God does for us. I look at him sending his son. I go, how on earth can a perfect God love such imperfect people? It, It just blows my mind. It messes with my mind. It's like, God, you are... Amazing. And that's just with my understanding of of what God has done in my life. I I can't wait to learn more and more and more and and to be in eternity with him and know more and more and more and every day and more and more and more. Wow. That is endless. God is incredible. In the culture that we live, Christianity is becoming pretty countercultural. You look at the, the stats, if you're into stats, and the stats will tell you that, that Christianity in Australia is on the decrease as far as numbers go. But is that necessarily a bad thing? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. Because there's something 
that happens when you are so certain of something. There's a way that you live your life when you are forced to be sure of what you're sure about. And today I hope that there are foundational truths that get dug up again to make sure that they are solid in your life. And in the culture that we live, things rub off. And I would love to be giving you a self-help lesson right here this morning. Five ways, get rich quick, achieve your dreams, whatever it takes, no matter who you tread on, achieve your goals. Don't worry about that. I love you too much to tell you that that's what God wants for your life. That is nowhere near what God wants for your life. But God wants you to be reliant upon him. And that is countercultural, absolutely countercultural. Think about the circle that you run in, the circle that you, that you hang out in. Think about what is the natural bent of them people. And you might be in a circle that's a church circle and, and most people are, are saying, you know, rely on God, go for God, go hard for God. Other people, you may have a bit of a, a foreign concept going on to them. They may look at you like you're a bit of a loony. You, you, no, you're the only person that you can trust. But I want to encourage you, do what you can to remain reliant on God, to remain surrendered to God. It's, uh, it's not a place for subjective truth. Pastor Peter has spoke so many great messages into this and, and it's not a space for subjective truth because if, if God is not who he says he is or there's a thing that creeps into us to say, oh, maybe, oh, perhaps, then I can read something on Facebook that's really well written and I can start to question, oh, maybe that's right. Oh, maybe, yeah, they've got a point because how, how could God do all that stuff? How could God be that Oh, the God that is perfect, actually it doesn't make any sense for him to love imperfect people like me. So perhaps they've got a point. And in our moments of insecurity, our default setting can get a bit swayed it can get a bit rocky we can have things added to it that shouldn't be there or have things detracted we're going to look at a passage in Colossians and just to see what should our default be and I'm not for a moment saying that we don't have a great default that is not please if you are feeling like I'm saying we need to get to this point that is not my heart My heart for us today is that we would just realise what default God has given us as we've become a new creation. And we would understand when we're moving a little bit from that and when we need to come back and reset because all of us at some point we need to reset and recentre. I know for us at the moment with a nearly three-week-old in the the house and a two-year-old, it's busy, it's hectic. You can get so tied up doing just daily tasks because you have to and all of a sudden you can start doing things in your own strength just because the focus shifts a bit and God has just been reminding us come back to default come back to default strip them things away don't rely on yourself because whenever we rely on ourselves we're going to wind up very disappointed we're going to wind up very disheartened 
we're going to wind up very, very tired. Because we can't, if, if being a Christian, if being in a relationship with God, with God was reliant on any one of us, there's no way we'd be sitting here right now. No chance. So I am so thankful that being in a relationship with God is not reliant upon us going to God, but it's about God coming into us and, and us accepting that. In Colossians 3 and 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your, things, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. It is about perspective. It is about perspective. And when we get busy and running around and, and our perspective can just drop down to earthly things. Think again of our family. So busy doing the family thing. Our perspective can just drop down a bit. But you know what I love? That God being a dad that loves his kids so much, he highlights to us when we need to push that reset button. He highlights to us when we need to make a change. He highlights to us when we need to get in the word more and accept that that is the truth, that what God says about me is absolutely true. I love that God is a dad that loves that much and he will do what it takes to get our attention. Even though that can be a harder path at times, even though that can be difficult, even though it cannot be pleasant when things around you crumble, how often is it in that place that we go, yeah, I tried, I failed, I need to come back to reset, come back to God, give it to God much like David. About getting perspective, about our default setting. What is that default setting that God has for you and I? If you break your leg, you go into theatre. They say, oh, you've got a terrible break in the leg, we need to reset it. Is there anybody else around with a broken leg that we can copy this thing off? That's not how you reset a broken leg. You reset a broken leg by finding a leg that is as it was designed to be and then you bring that broken one back to that position where it's healthy, where it's meant to be. For our life hitting that reset button, in the culture that we're in, if we're not careful, our view of what default looks like can be a little bit broken. It can be a little bit off on perspective. But God wants us to be absolutely in his word and just to, just to know, hey, is my life going to heal in the right direction? Or if I continue on down this path, is it going to give me a leg that's not much good for, for anything? But God loves us that much that he will do what it takes to get our attention. Galatians 2 and 20. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live, sorry, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. It's not about focusing on the things that are dead. And we're about to go through some things in this passage of what it says we shouldn't 
be doing. It says our default shouldn't be this. But it's not about focusing on those things. It's about focusing on the life that God has for us, that he has given us life and life to the full in him, that he has restored us, that he has brought us back to himself. That's where our focus should be. That's where our perspective should come from. In verse 5, this death and life concept, and, and Paul's speaking here that, that you can't be alive in pleasing your own desires and be alive in Christ also. You're either dead to one and alive to the other, or vice versa. Does that make sense? Yeah? I'm hoping that this is helpful for somebody, and I said before that we're going to go through some things that can feel a bit heavy. But I believe that God is just wanting to, to continually draw us back and just to highlight if there are things in our life that are just standing in the way of being as close to him as we possibly could. In verse 8, But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of, of the creator. And so we're going through this list and it, it can seem like a list of do-nots, but it's not that at all. Honestly, this is actually a list of God saying, these are unhealthy, unhelpful, hindering habits that are just going to see you stuck when I've already paid the price to see you unstuck. It's actually God just saying, these things, I've set you free from them. You don't have to be tied to them. If you think about a workplace and the standard of work that comes out of a workplace, generally in a workplace, the standard of work is of a similar level. And yes, you'll get some higher points, some lower points, but in general, the culture of the company and the standard of work is, is pretty reasonable. And some companies, you will get quite a, a diligent worker, a, a highly skilled worker, and they'll go in into the company, and one of three things will happen. They'll be so frustrated with the different standard that they'll leave really quick, or they'll stick at it for a while and become isolated by their workers, co-workers, because it makes them look bad. Or they, or they, I should use my notes for this, or they will just blend into the status quo. So they will either get frustrated, out the door, oh, this level of work, that's not good enough for me. Or they will say, oh, I'm just going to blend in with the status quo. Or they'll be isolated by the workmates, and so easily the culture of what's around us rubs off on us. And here it's talking about the things that creep in. And think about the language that you use. Had a good friend point out to me a word that I use frequently that I've probably used six times in this message already inadvertently. But you think about your best friend or partner, think about a word that you know they use a lot. Have you got a word? Do you use that word very often? You probably don't even notice it. Very interesting to play recordings. But, but it sinks in. The, the things that are around us, it sinks in. And sometimes we get so used to the culture and the language that's around us that we our default is off, that it's shifted slightly. 
It's time to hit the push the reset button. It's time to come back to being grounded. It's time to come back to default on those things that God wants to highlight to us, whether it be the way that we speak or, or whether it be anger. Because God wants us to live in such a way that glorifies his name. And it's really easy for that to rub off on us. And all of a sudden, we're not quite in line or in step with where God wants us. So I want to encourage you that if you like, yeah, that's probably right. Push the reset button. God's given you the strength to do it. In verse 11, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Ah, oh, so much power in this verse, that, that Christ is everything. He is enough, that he, he embodies the, the fullness of, of God. And he is everywhere. He's not fixed to a geographic location. And because Jesus being everything, when we come together as the body of Christ, there should be unity. Our default should be unity. Candace and I, quite some years ago, went for a trip to New Zealand, did a bit of a drive around, and we went to a place called Franz Joseph Glacier. And we went on a helicopter ride up over the glacier. It was an awesome time. It was really cool. We stopped on the glacier, and then two people that had been hiking on the glacier for four days jumped in the helicopter with us. Man, you could tell they had been working hard for four days. We're in this helicopter, and... The odour was such that it took away your concentration and it's just like a, a haze and you're sitting there and you're like, man, these guys have been working so hard but oh, I wish there was a, a window on this helicopter because I'm needing some ventilation. And we got chatting with these people and the, the conversation went deeper and deeper and deeper. But I thought, you know what? If we were in any other environment where you wasn't a captive audience, you would probably not try and get so close because it was not really pleasant. <laughs> How are you going with the prickly people in your life? <laughs> Maybe not those that stink after four days of hard work. But the prickly people in your life, how are you going with them? That's a pretty tough question, isn't it? Those that don't naturally attract yourself to them as naturally as other people. How are you going with that? We're called to unity. We're called to build one another up. We're called to strengthen one another up. For some of us today, perhaps it's time to push the reset button. Because I can nearly guarantee that if you can push past that prickle, if you can push past that, that feeling of, oh, you'll find there's actually a person under there that is loving being built up and encouraged and strengthened. But sometimes our default shifts a little bit. Our pattern shifts a little bit. And we can get into a place where this spot's a little bit more comfy. But that's not what God's calling us to. I look at the, the, the people groups, no, Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, they're all in such contrast to one another. 
such contrast. And sometimes the people that we don't click with the most are the ones that we would say we're in the most contrast to. But actually God has called us to more than that. The default that God has set in us for, for unity, it requires a bit of self-discipline to overcome that. But I can guarantee you that you will be built up as you overcome these obstacles. I can guarantee they will be built up as you overcome these obstacles. I can guarantee that, that God will allow things to change in that situation by you overcoming that that's standing in the way. In, in 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What a promise. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. God's called us to forgive. And that can be tough. Andrew, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they're like. Perhaps I don't. But I didn't see God put any limiting factors on his forgiveness for us. Maybe, maybe, maybe some extra notes here. I, I couldn't find any limiting factors that God puts on when, when we go to him for forgiveness. He's already done it. He's already forgiven us. You want me to forgive? But God's God. But we're a new creation. The old's gone. The new's come. Our default's different to what it used to be. We can forgive. And again, it's not self-reliance because I can guarantee you there are people in your life, there are people in my life that I cannot forgive in my own strength. It's only through the strength of God. It's not about us. It's about surrendering to God. In Colossians verse 12, Therefore... As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'd love to invite the worship team back up, please. And, and I'm nearly, nearly finished. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, and this is what our default should look like, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Why come back to default? Why? Because this is exactly where God wants us to be. God's desire is that we would be unburdened by the things that hold us down. God's desire is that we would have an impact on the world around us. 
for some today, maybe it's time to, to push the reset button on a circle that you've been operating in for a long time. Perhaps it's a sports club, perhaps it's a workplace, perhaps it's a church, perhaps there's an element that's creeped in, crept in, and it says they're never going to change. Does that feel familiar to anybody? Yeah? They're never going to change. I went into this workplace and I was full of passion. Just around the corner, people were going to give their lives to God. People were going to come to know him. And then a week turned into a month and into a year and nothing changed. Perhaps for you, it's time to hit that button to get back to that default of when you walk into them, them places that you're saying, God, work through me today. Work through me now. Let me stand out. Let the way that I live show your character to those around me. When you walk into a sports club, is your prayer, let the important people notice me. Let me hit the ball well today. Just let me win. Let me read the opponent. Or is it one of, God, whatever you want to happen today, even if it comes as a cost, even if I have to be bold when I don't want to stand out. God, let me do that for you. God's heart through us being at default, being at his default, a new creation, is that we would shine his light to the world around us and that we would allow people to see God's heart and that they would come to know him.